Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of uh, PW Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right. We've got a return guest here. I think this is the second, third, fourth time you've been on More to Come. I've lost uh, count Jeff Darrow, um, mm-hmm. comics artist extraordinary, uh, Eisner Award winner, um, uh, creative big guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, of course the creator of Sheldon Cowboy, um, uh, one of the has worked with the great French cartoonist Mobius. You, he cites many great comics influences uh, along with Mobius, Jack Kirby, others. He is in turn a great influence on comics artists today. I could go on and on, but uh, you know what? You'd have to kill me to stop me. So I'm going to stop here. Jeff, Daryl, thanks so much for being on More to Come again. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Kelvin. You've always been very, very generous with your time with me, and I appreciate your interest in, in my little uh, pencil scratchings. I love it. Your 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 scratchings are 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 what we're interested in for sure. Uh, as you probably can tell, I have a uh, Jeff Darrell t-shirt. t-shirt on. So much for journalistic integrity. Um, I have a Jeff Darrell t-shirt on, given to me by Jeff Darrell. Product so, placement. That's where it's at. Yeah. So you know, there you go. This is a completely objective interview. All right. Hey man, <laughs> what you know? Good. Me. Same old, same old. So how, how, how have you done through the uh, these tumultuous last three years or so? Well, you know, I'm here and I'm talking to you, so, you know, I can't complain. So, <laughs> so obviously, one thing, we're here to talk about your newest book. I can't wait to hear more about it. Let me make sure I get everything right here. Shaolin Cowboy, this is the latest Cruel to Be Kin. Um, yeah. uh, part of the great series. I think the last time I, we were talking about Cool Stop the Rain, R-E-I-G-N, um, uh, the, the, the last book collection. I get a little confused with the titles of both the periodicals and the books, but I think, uh, what, it started with Star Trek. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah that was the first one. That was the yeah. first book collection, I think. Then Who'll Stop the Rain. And now the first issue of the serialized version of this, is that correct? It's coming out for Dark Horse. Yeah. It came yes. out, I guess, in in May, or or it's coming yeah, out May, right now. May 18th, the first one came out, right, and then the right. next one will be out on June 22nd. Awesome. And it's a seven-issue series, and, of course, uh, you know, uh, the bookworms like me, we're going to, you know, we, we really want to see the collection, but, uh, you know, a Jeff Darrow comic is, is you know, for those who can't wait, you just run out and buy it, steal it, whatever you have to do to get it, that's, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, I want to jump into this, into the newest episode, uh, what's happening with the Shaolin Cowboy as he kicks ass and takes names and looks for a higher, uh, level of existence. But what, what you're in, uh, last time I talked to you, I think you were in Chicago and yes, uh, was. now you're in, uh, as you, we were talking a little bit earlier, you're in France, the farther western point of France. Yes. An area called the Finisterre or, or Brittany. Or Britannia, mm-hmm. stay here. Great. Uh, about three hours by, uh, I guess, the French equivalent of the bullet train, the TGV to sure. Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so. and how, how long have you been there? I think the last time we talked was in 2018. 
Yeah, well, that's when I I left Chicago in the late late 2018, mm-hmm. and I've been living here for three years now. So we both, I guess, been living through all yeah. of this: the pandemic, uh, you know, the slow the slow uh, transformation of the world order and everything else. Yeah, just doesn't uh, seem to get any better. So. No, it doesn't. Doesn't. So um, on that cheerful note, let's talk yes. about your comic. Uh, you. <laughs> that you know that the comics yes, might but, made us feel a little bit better about the real world, actually. But well, I don't know. It's it's you know <laughs> it's 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 fairly violent, and uh, you know something. Well, just a hair. Well, yeah. it, it, this new uh, episode of Shaolin's uh, trek through reality. Uh, it opens with uh, some new characters, a couple of giant talking lizards, or, well, it's the multi-generational talking lizards, it seems. Well, they're, 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 they're Komodo dragons, and it's yes, father, father and son. Lizards. <laughs> yeah, father and son. Yeah. And, uh, and they have dialogue, and like the father and son have sometimes, like. Yes, you know. a very contentious. <laughs> Really? The father, yeah. the father was repeating things over and over, which I hear from my daughter. Yeah, dad, you told me that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so now I begin every conversation with, now stop me if I've told you this already. Cause I, I don't want to be, you know. Um, and, and yes, and, uh, but the father lizard, uh, a, a big and nasty looking thing, <laughs> yeah. uh, ably and wonderfully drawn, of course, by you. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's got other ideas about his son and that's when our hero shows up. Well, that's the different father. That's that's the. Oh, am I confusing the the two here? Well, well, the father when you're on, I mean, when it starts out, it starts out on a rooftop, and these two lizards are talking. And yeah. that 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 fa- that lizard is when we see him, he's the baby. Yeah. He's, okay. He's talking right. about my, my confusion. Yes. Yeah. No, it's okay. I mean, it's 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 pretty wacky, wacky. It's a little wacky, but that's what we expect from you. And 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 it's it's all about his relationship with his genetic father. I see. Uh-huh. And then the Shaolin cowboy who he sees as his, his real father because he, right. he protects him like a father should. Indeed he does. Indeed he does. I mean, of course, we know that, uh, the Shaolin cowboy is, um, well, he's, uh, he's a, he's a violent, um, and, and still vulnerable and sensitive hero who, I mean, he's kicking ass and taking names. However, he seems to have this real decency. And um, <laughs> am I getting close to his core? Or yeah, he. I mean, he he's not like uh, he's not out to save the world. He's not out. But if things get in his way, it's a problem. He'll try to solve it. Or in this case, this you know this this baby lizard who's about to be. Eaten by his father. By the first, I didn't want to get spoiled. I didn't want to get I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it, it, it changes no, story that much, no, in advance. I mean, because that's what Komodo dragons do. Male, male lizards, they'll, yeah. the, the mother has to protect the nest because they will, the father will eat them, not just as a food source, but because they, they see him as a future rival, not just for the other females, but for, uh, the limited uh, food source sure. on, on those islands where, the, where they're at. A metaphor, perhaps? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even sure I can spell metaphors. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I can spell it for you. Okay. <laughs> There's a four in the middle of it. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, it, 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 the book opens with one of uh, your inimitable urban panoramas. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, I, 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 I always wanted to ask you this. I mean, the, the, the Shaolin Cowboy spends his time between a variety of different wastelands, if I may describe them. There is an urban wasteland, like, packed with, you know, blight and death and animal life. And then there's a desert wasteland kind of filled with really despicable human life, <laughs> uh, garbage and incredible blight. And then there's the vast wasteland between the ears of the American public that also yes. seems to be another. It's, it's extremely, it's extremely vast in this one. As, <laughs> yes. as well as By the time you get to issue number four. Uh, yes. Oh, all right. So it's, yeah. It's well, pretty, yeah. Uh, uh, is, is, is that part of what, I mean, uh, does, do those three have the meaning that I seem to be giving to them? <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 am always taken with, I mean, on top of it, when you see that, that sprawling city in the opening thing. Sure. It's a small town. <laughs> in my mind, because that's, I mean, you know, what, what, what we consider a small town in, in America is like a big town almost anywhere else, it seems like. And so I thought as, as years go on, what is a small town will not be what probably you or I remember them to be, which was like, you know, four corners and a gas station. A, sure. You know, a well, grocery store, maybe a bar for sure. Yeah, nowadays, <laughs> nowadays it'd also be a gun store instead. But uh, well, most yeah. likely uh, these yeah. days. Yeah. Well, yes, it looks like a teeming metropolis. Uh, even even more teeming than the one that I live in right now. Um, uh, um, or or uh, I as well. Yeah. Yes, but that, but I mean, literally. And but it's a real Daryl town. I mean, every corner of it is crammed. Also with little messages, signage, you know, and the dregs of humanity and trying to survive, I, I, from what I can tell. Yeah, well, or just, you know, I don't know, living in ignorance and intolerance. Okay, okay. There, it really that, bothers me. It really bothers America, me you know? That's the America I know. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the one I, you know, and it just seems to be getting worse. I mean, I don't, I just True. wish people could just let people, you know, I don't understand why people need other people to live exactly like they do. You know, the, yeah, if you don't, you don't, it's just, just live and, I, live and let, live and let live. I mean, you know, if you don't like this type of environment, then you, you move into another, but, but you don't try to, legislate people to be to have an America that I never ever thought really existed or if it did it existed for a certain a percentage of the public hmm. and a, a large percentage that w never saw it that way and understand <laughs> yeah we could go on and on on that topic and and we have in the past <laughs> so we, but there's plenty of time left we can like, go off on that rant as well um <laughs> But well, well, do you want to uh, give us a little? Uh, well, there are, there's other new characters. It seems to me in this too, yeah. um, like yeah. the, the baby man with the in the cats, the purple cat suit, and the and the giant like I don't know. 
can, can, was it chemometer uh, generated driven jellyfish flying? Whatever. Yeah. I tell you, it makes for a crazy and like <laughs> exciting scenario. Whatever the hell's going on. <laughs> for the longest time, I lived in Chicago. My daughter had a uh, tape to her in her bedroom on the on the door leading to her bathroom. This beautiful photo of a jellyfish. And I always thought it looked really cool. And, and I thought, what could be more out of place than a jellyfish in the middle of a desert floating through the air? Yes. Being, being controlled by this, this strange little man who is not a very nice man. Sure isn't. But he's got cool technology. Yeah, he does. But he, <laughs> From what like, I can tell. <laughs> he's misusing it like, like technology often is. Right. What could possibly go wrong? Um, well, this is like I've only seen the first issue. This is a seven issue series with, with some really cool variant cover artists coming up yes. and including is that your daughter, Alice? My daughter. Yes, yeah, she did one. Uh, you did one on cover. The, yeah, yeah. Which I who I've met, but I but it's been yeah. so long ago. I, I wanted to make sure I had her. Oh, name. Yeah, and she and she's she now she's a uh, a character designer. Uh, cool. For um, these Matt Groening shows, uh, Futurama and Disenchanted, yeah, okay. Disenchantment. Excuse me, yeah, yes. yeah, great. So, and I got her to do a cover, and I got my my great super talented friend Mike Mignola. Yeah, uh, got you got a couple of you got a lot of super talented friends. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I, I hope they're my friends. I don't, <laughs> I'm not that presumptuous. <laughs> okay, but, well, <laughs> but they're you know. I got Stan Sakai and right. James Heron and uh, Tetsuya Murata. Uh, yeah, Frank Quietly. Fabio uh, yep. Moon has done one, and uh, oh, cool! I've got a, I've got a, a friend, a, a, a world class film director, uh, Choi Hark, who, who mm-hmm. directed, produced a, a lot of films, including John Woo's. Better Tomorrow films, and wow. mm-hmm. he, he directed the Once Upon a Time in China films with Jet Li, and he's a talented artist and loves comic books. And I got him to do a cover. Great. We got Steve Scrooge, and mm-hmm. gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna forget so many because there's so many good ones. Yeah, I've got a I've got a list somewhere here. I don't know where. We got Jim Rugg, uh, and I got uh, Ed Piscor, and I've got. Yep. Uh, and who else did you? I think you, I think you named them all here. James Heron, did you mention him? James Heron, super talented. Mm-hmm. Young man. I think, yeah. So yeah. it's a really impressive, uh, lineup of yeah. talented folk. Um, and it, let's jump back to, to your new character, Sue, because, um, the, the baby man <laughs> on the jellyfish, uh, he's got, a, he's got a, 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 well, I'm really great to hear the, the derivation of the jellyfish that it's, you know, it, 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 it's somewhere deep within your, your life, if not your psyche. <laughs> it's really kind of impressed. I like to know to find the roots of these images because you've got some imagery. Um, but also, uh, this, what the pterodactyl with the Nazi fied German, uh, syntax. Yes, What's up with that? <laughs> Jojo, Jojo Samson. I, yes. I don't know. You know, yes. <laughs> I was watching, I mean, my daughter introduced me to this show called Jojo's, uh, uh, Bizarre Adventure. Oh yeah, the manga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the manga. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the manga is great, and the and the and I, 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 we would watch the anime together, and the things are so crazy. And I'm just uh-huh. gonna, they just named him. I, I don't I have no idea why I have him. Well, because well, there's a you know the the little guy with the purple and the purple suit has a bit of a, yeah. a, a Hitler mustache. He does. And, yeah, and later on, there's some really horrible. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this day. I said, "Oh, horrible white supremacist!" Like, there's anything other than yes. horrible white supremacist? I mean, supremacist. yes. I mean, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. There's the there's the gentle white supremacist, and there's the the rainbow that uh, it's like, no, they just. I mean, it's an oxymoron. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's redundant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Donald Trump, he says, "Well, there's good guys on both sides," or there's yeah, right. good people. Yeah, there's like. Yeah, he likes to do this. He likes to burn crosses and hang people. But other than that, he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so they, some of those characters show up. Yeah. 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 And they, and they show up and, uh, they are in, in confrontation with our enlightened hero. Um, and, and he's, I mean, he's a flawed guy. I mean, he, <laughs> Very flawed, but I mean, I mean, violence never violence begets violence, and and uh, there's repercussions for this thing for what he's done. And well, I mean, he's, I mean, this first issue, you know, kind of separates us. I mean, at the last we looked at our hero, I mean, there was a band of revengers uh, out to get him that seemed to be every possible point on the American uh degenerate political scale uh represented in great detail and vivid color by Dave Stewart. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dave so, Dave Dave Stewart puts so much work into these these comics. I live in fear that he'll say, that's it, I've had it, Daryl, I'm done. This is just too much. I mean, the amount of work especially in the first one, there's this uh, a car in it. And if you look at it, I mean, he's got rust stains on it. And oh, it's just beautiful. Beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen a, a 1964 Renault as a character or, <laughs> or a prop in any way in a comic book ever. But there's a first time for everything. Yeah. Well, I always, I always like that people know cars and they know like the models. I don't know. It just always kind of cracks me up. And, oh, well, look, it's a Renault S425 with, with a, whatever. Yes, well, it's uh, well represented uh, in its degraded state, but I, I, I expect we're going to see a little bit more of it. Uh, that's kind of a cliffhanger in this first issue, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so um, more to come on that. Um, yes. If you like that car, you'll see a little bit more of it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I've seen a little bit more of your comics is always the goal here, so um, and you're, you're, you're delivering. Yeah, two hundred and five pages, my longest comic ever. It's real, okay, all right, even better. More is better. Yeah, the last issue um, was thirty-eight pages. Okay, yeah, but now once again, I'm thinking of them all together in a big book yeah. that I can sit down yeah. with, you know, two hundred and five bever- pages, yeah. beverages of my choice, and yeah. maybe a few other things, <laughs> and leave my cares behind. Yeah. <laughs> For a short while. <laughs> you have, I'm sure you, you're, you don't have any cares, Calvin. Well, you, well, you know, I'm trying to retire, you know, so I'll have. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, sort of, you know, yeah. I just kind you of. Know, funny, out, out here where I live, 
everybody assumes that I've retired and, and they're always, and because a lot of people retire and move out here. Right. Because it's the climate where I live is a little bit like San Francisco and it never gets really that warm and never gets really that cold. A little snow a little bit, but not that much. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, but in my, I've, friends with the neighbors and they'll always go, you go, well, can you come on? I go, no, I can't. I go, well, cause I'm, I'm working. Go, what? You're working. I go, yeah. And they go, why aren't you retiring? I, I don't, I'm not going to retire. I don't want to retire. Cause well, I work seven days a week. It's, I don't know what else to do. Anyway. Well, I mean, like I said, we're the, the fans out here, we're the beneficiaries of, you know, your yeah. workaholic nature. No. But, uh, I know in France, I mean, there's more that there's a cartoonist like on every corner, isn't it? I mean, they must know you guys work all the time anyway, even yeah, when but, you're retired. But the French really haven't really know how to kind of like take a vacation. I've never known. Oh, how oh to well, do. true. That Europe in Europe. Yeah. I mean, I was really amazed because that my wife will say, Oh, my friend Baba has lost his job and da 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 and Baba don't have any money and I go, Where are they? Oh, they just went on vacation and uh <laughs> say I go, Well I go, Well, how are they if they lost their job? I remember my parents if they didn't have the money, we just didn't we, we never yeah, right. they just didn't the money. do anything, yeah. They have the money. But it's like, Well, yeah, yeah, there's you know, but there's always some money for vacation. Yeah. Well But it's simple. It's not like Disneyland, you know, they'll just rent a a little place somewhere near the ocean and, and relax, you know. Yeah, they know how to do that. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't well, know. you know, I think that's an American disease there. Maybe yeah. the. But I remember the, as a kid, people, I remember people, other kids, their parents would load up the station wagon and take off and go to Disneyland and stuff. And we had like two trips when I was a kid. Both one was to Chicago to visit the Field Museum yeah. so I could see dinosaur bones. There you are. And the, that, and the clearly that come in handy, but go. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then the other one was with my dad. We took us on a kind of a long uh, camping trip, which was very nice. We had a tour of the great lakes. In a, in a well, tent it's funny. Had. I used to, as a kid, my family would bring me to New York city because I had cousins there and they, we would exchange visits. I would go to New York for wow. two weeks with my cousins and then cousins. I grew up in Washington DC. They would come to Washington DC. Wow. Wow. We, we did little vacations here and there, but you know, mm-hmm. but I loved coming with New York and so voila. Because other kids would be like, oh, we went to Disneyland or we went to St. Louis or we went to, you know, whatever, uh, went to Colorado and what did you guys do? I mean, my big thing was my dad would every year say, I'll do one thing with you kids, whatever you want. Each one of us had two brothers. You can, um, you choose it and. <clears throat> Mine was always to go to the, my dad hated the drive-in movies. He hated drive-in movies? Yeah, because, because they don't start till like nine o'clock at night. And, uh, and he would, my dad would be in bed by a quarter to nine. All right. So, so, but at the drive-in movies, the only place I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and it's a very small, small town by, and that's where they'd play like monster movies. They never played Mm -hmm. in the theaters in town. And so invariably, I was so lucky there'd be some movie like Destroy All Monsters was playing one year. Uh-huh. And my dad, that's what I want to do. Take me to see that. And he's like, oh, man. <laughs> he says, oh, God. And it was never the first feature. It was always the second. So it wasn't, it didn't even start at 9 o'clock. You'd have to sit through some other movie to get to the monster movie. And my dad would be sleeping behind a wheel. And <laughs> me and my yeah. brothers would be watching this goofy monster movie. But great memories. Deep insights into your your own father and son relationship. Yeah. yeah. 
Much more benign, much more benign than the one in this book. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 mean, I, I do want you maybe to sketch out since I haven't had a chance since we, we're, we've got issues to come. Maybe you can tease the fans with what's to come. But I, but, but we have been talking about Shaolin Cowboy's fighting ability. I mean, he, he's a man of peace and inner introspective power, but he also can kick ass. Um, he's, he's a kung fu Buddha. But you yeah. know, one thing I, I will always, I, I don't think I've asked you about this is. The visual choreography of these fights, they're really intricate, like everything you do, richly delineated. And you know what? The, the, I realized what it, it reminded me of was my first encounter of Steve Ditko and Spider-Man's fight scenes. Spider-Man's fight scenes in the early issues, they, as a kid, they transformed how these things were illustrated and choreographed. Yeah. Because he would jump into a gang of, of, you know, petty criminals and he would actually draw in a way that kind of outlined like an exercise, like a football play in X's and O's of the figure as he went through the crowd. So every physical movement and reaction was kind of, you got a logical reaction, you know, if I'm not being overly like complicated in describing this. So I mean, is, is that a wild thing? But your your fights are really oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, funny. it's really funny that you bring up Ditko because in the third issue, I really one of my favorite comics of all time is a Steve Ditko Spider Man. I don't know if it's issue number thirty two or thirty three, but he's buried under a ton of metal. Oh and, yeah, this is a famous. And he has yeah. to get this. Blood sample to save his Aunt May. Yeah. And he just can't, I can't lift this thing up and he can't do it and he does it. And then he has to fight all these guys and he just, and that for me was just like, that's what I always yes. wanted to do. And I do my little homage to that in this one. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if anybody will ever make the connection, but um, when you see in the third issue, then maybe. Oh, very know, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Because it just occurred to me that cause I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about. Jeff Darrell fight scenes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just remember because that was one of those things in those early Marvel issues that the, those early Spider-Man issues that was just a new way. You know, it wasn't just how. And it's over. Yeah. No. You know, it was a really logical linear delineation of how the fight went through and carried out. The very Kirby end. would do that. I know in, in one yeah. of those tales, tales of suspense. They, he goes to a prison to talk to prisoners. I don't know what he's going to give. Oh, some yeah, <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, and there's a a prison break, and he has to fight everybody. And so that's the whole story. Yeah. And it's just him fighting for about six, six or seven pages. Which another one I thought, wow, I'd like to. But then you know, I like I would watch. I started out watching, especially this, the, the beginning samurai films, because those things yeah. are always so beautifully choreographed, and then. I got into also the, the martial arts films, which, you know, I spoke of Choi Hark, uh, mm-hmm. his films Once Upon a Time in, in China, which, you know, he chore- choreographed them and so did, he worked with Wu Ping, Yun Wu Ping, who mm-hmm. m- m- many people know, uh, well, they would know him from probably uh, The Matrix, 
because he choreographed those oh, films. Really? Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry, and, I wasn't familiar, but yeah. Yeah, and he also you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Wow. Oh, okay. Was him too. But yeah, and I, you know, I got to meet him, and uh, God, he was so funny because he would just always really serious. The only time I ever saw him laugh was when somebody hurt themselves. He thought that was so funny. Okay, okay, we are. But that, well, I mean, and they would they would bet on everything. You know, they'd like in the morning they get a because they'd have guys up on wires. They go, who's gonna who's gonna be the first guy to like hurt something? And they'd bet on. Oh, I think it's gonna be stuntman number seven. Okay. Yeah, and they would. Uh, remember, got a, <laughs> got a, a comic dark side. So I guess. <laughs> and he he directed his own movies. He's like a really great director, and they're really funny, odd, odd movies that influenced me a lot. He was the guy that made a star out of Jackie Chan. He directed oh, okay. the, the well, Drunken Master, and and because he's got a just a because he's a martial artist himself, mm-hmm. and so him and his his sons and. I don't know if maybe it's his brothers. They're, they're called the Yun clan and they uh, choreograph a lot of just the, the best films, uh, uh, martial arts films of the eighties and nineties. But he, uh, yeah, he, 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 you know, did all of the matrix. I mean, watching those guys well, on I'm wires fine. and they're like, they got little well, pot sure. pulleys and shit and they're yanking piano reeves up into the air. And well, he, he, he certainly changed the whole perception yeah. of like, sci-fi fight scenes you know yeah um, and you know at the time at the time warner brothers didn't want to hire him because you know well we got guys here you know stunt guys and even the stunt guys that that's american stunt guys there they're kind of like who's this you know right you know, who's this asian guy that's gonna come in as like yikes you know and he's, he showed them all it's like yeah yeah <laughs> he's something well well you're you're it well it's interesting obviously because there's a i mean there's a whole lot of Kung Fu, uh, I don't know, faux martial arts, comic oh, yeah. book martial arts. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, violence. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, I want, I don't, how do you integrate? I mean, you know, I'll put, for instance, me, I don't really even like violence that much, <laughs> but I do love reading your comics and this, <laughs> Explosion of choreographed visual gore. Um, and, and you've told me in the past about how, yeah, violence influenced me. But so can you tell us anything more about that? How, how is it integrated in your psyche and then into your work? Well, I don't know. The very first, the first thing I ever saw that just freaked me out totally as a kid was, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I went to see it by myself as a kid. And I went in there and I had never seen violence like that in my life. Mm, yeah. I mean, they were killing. I remember seeing it too. They were killing innocent people mm-hmm. and then they were getting shot themselves. And at the end, when that massacre, no one had ever done anything like that. Peck and Paul, you know, upped it then on the wild bunch. Yes. But that, yes. Which I, I also remember, saw years ago. <laughs> I remember coming out and in those days, you know, I get on there, there's a pay phone in the movie theaters. Yes. There's a line of kids. You call your dad or your mom and say, can you come and pick me up? And then he came to pick me up. And the first I remember looking at my dad goes, I will never break a law as long as I live. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought that that's what happened to every criminal is you'd end up just yeah, blown. Just mowed yes. down by the law. <laughs> and I didn't even want to see the wild bunch because it looked way too violent for me. I saw it and it was incredibly violent for the time. <laughs> well, I, well, I did see it. For the time. It, out, it, like, it just seemed so real to me. And which is what it should be, I think. Uh, but then what, what it kind of 
got into me was I happened to see when they had the big Kung Fu uh, uh, boom in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I went to see this movie called uh, The Lightning Swords of Death. And I thought it was a Kung Fu film, but it was actually a samurai film. And it was um, Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, sure. That Lightning Swords of Death. And the violence in it was so over the top that I was laughing in, in the theater. And I was terrified of violence before that. And that kind of changed my yeah. my yeah. my worldview because it was just so, so over the top. I couldn't take it seriously. And that oh. influenced me a lot. And then what really got me to later was an Evil Dead Part 2, Sam Raimi. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, There's no shortage of in, intricate, like, decapitations, uh, uh, you know, skull fracturing, severed tails, um, but also, you know, it's kind of splish splash. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, there's so much blood that, you know, it's just like, you know, it's really kind of ink on paper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Sam Raimi's take on violence was just like, let's put some blood, like if he would put blood in a Three Stooges short if he could, probably. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but then they threw that sword across the top of Curly's head, there would be yes. blood spray. There'd be everywhere. I, I went to his, I was invited to a party at that, uh, at his producer's house once, and uh, I went there, and Sam was there, and he was in the other room. They said, well, what's he doing? He's, and he was like, doing this, editing this tape where he's putting in all his favorite Three Stooges moments together on one tape. And, and I remember the producer saying, you know, he could be making another movie, but he's well, making this best of Three Stooges. Best of, well, I spent a fair amount of my, my youth uh, <laughs> watching those things over and over again. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I, never, you know, I remember when they took them off the air because they were afraid kids. I never, ever, ever, I'm sure there might be one or two kids that did it, but I always thought it was like Darwinism, you know. I mean, if, <laughs> well, you know, I, I remember we did used to go around and like, yeah, and we but tried I mean, not was, to go into people's eyes, but you know, I wasn't going to take like a hammer and hit my brother and they well, had to draw, no, you know, yeah, a saw mean. across the top of somebody's head and then, you know, look at it, you know, the, the gnarled teeth thing. Well, I was, and I knew if I jumped off a roof, I wasn't going to fly. Yes, Although people it. tried it. The, the kids, the very kids did try it. Well, I mean, it was funny because those things were insanely old. I mean, I'm old, but they were really old when I saw them the first time. Um, but yet, you know, I watched them over and over and over again. Yeah. So and the ones that caught me was when they were talking about, cause when I was in school in history, then they talked about World War II. They never talked about the internment camps when I was a kid. Well, no. And when, and when you would watch those three stooges, there are two shorts, or one or two, where the, well, it's just one where some Japanese, Japanese have escaped from an internment camp. And as a kid, I'm like, oh. what, what, what is See, this? I didn't remember that. Oh, very and interesting. And they're horribly racist. Ugh. And at one point, they're, it's Halloween and they're carving uh, lanterns and they put them up on a post. And the Japanese have showed up on their farm and they take one of the lanterns down, heads down and they just stick their head there and no one can tell the difference between the, 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 the lantern. And it's just horrible. And they which this was, you know, I saw it several times as a kid and I, I'd say to my, what's going on? What, why, why are they treating the Japanese people like, I don't, I don't, I couldn't understand it. Why? And I didn't know, I didn't, the word internment, I didn't know what that meant. Well, I didn't, I didn't either, you know. But you know they were you know they had them in coveralls and I, I much later I went and I visited you know the 
uh, Manzanar. And I no. wonder, it's an incredibly sad place. I mean, oh, horrible. yeah, yeah. But, well, I we mean, live in a time now where there's so much more information about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I've met, um, I uh, met people now whose parents were interned. Um, yeah. You know, so and, George and people, Kay's I, book, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know people when I, when I was out in Los Angeles working in animation, there were uh, several a lot of Asian artists working and, and their some of them, their parents had lost everything. You know, yeah. Went to oh, absolutely. And, and you yeah. know, it was a big land grab. I mean, it was a big, you know, well, selling off. just horrible. I mean, and then of course, and they don't want to do any kind of reparations yeah. because you know, they anyway. Yeah. We could, know. we could go. So yeah. look, let me, you know, we're, 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 we're running, we're running out of time as usual. We're talking about everything that probably your fans don't really want to know about, but yeah. that's okay. Maybe they've turned it off. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. That's right. But I'm having a great time. So I don't really care. So, uh, but I am curious. Um, I mean, the way you treat the desert too. So, I mean, we, we spent a lot of time in the desert and the, and you, you have a knack for actually creating these also breathtaking vistas. But if when you look a little closer, man, the desert is as, is as bad as the cities. There's more, there's graffiti, there's garbage among the fossils. I mean, it's like, it's another hellscape of well, I think that's appearance what, by well, man. Well, that's what I think that, that it happened. I mean, not to that extent, but you know, I, the, the number of times I've went camping and you have some pristine place and there's, you know, six, six pack of empty bottles or broken beer bottles or trash. And you know, if you're going to go out there and drink, just haul the shit out. <laughs> or, you know, people that got, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let people know I was out here. Billy was here, you know, or, you know, fuck the power. It's like, you know, come on, man, you know, it, it's the Ohio ideas that, you know, I don't think there's anywhere you can go. I'm, Cause when I look, look at, you know, up on Mount Everest, it's turned into a garbage dump yeah, up there. Yeah. Or, you know, rich, rich people who go up there and like, you know, get Sherpas, Sherpas killed. So yeah. they can see their picture taken on the top of, just fly him up on a helicopter and sit down and let him take the picture. I mean, that's probably bad too, but it'd be better than, you know, that garbage dump that, that they're turning that into. Well, it's once again, uh, um, anyway, that's my, my, my vision of, of, you know, I mean, someone's gonna, someone's gonna eventually tag every beautiful monument, you know, everywhere. Well, that's, it seems that that's where we're heading. And certainly, I mean, <laughs> That's, well, that's what I, that's, that's why I do that. Cause I think re- reality will turn out to be even more awful than, <laughs> than imagined reality. Um, yeah. but very quickly. So where can you want to tease the audience with where this is going? We have this conversation among, I, I really love how there's a little talk about, you know, the, 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 the giant, um, Komodo dragons have a contract with the city to kind of keep yeah. it tidy. Uh, <laughs> through, uh, I mean, you know, you, you can't it's have cheap, bodies piling up in the streets. Yeah, it's cheaper than, you know, having someone, you know, cause they don't have to worry about it. You know, they don't have to pay the, yes. pay the, uh, you know, the cleanup crew. And, uh, it's just an idea. Cause I, when I'd drawn the second book, uh, uh, Who Will Stop the Rain? He gets into the city and I, I started drawing those dragons on the top of those buildings. Yes, that. there's quite a few of them. Well, you know, that's why they're there. They brought them in there. They're not an indigenous species. They brought them in. Yes, yes. Sort of <laughs> yeah, cheap garbage. Cheap incredibly, garbage incredibly invasive. Yes. Well, this, this book is actually part in my own mind 
it's the, it's a, the end of a trilogy because it started in this the Shep buffet, which was started with yes. him fighting zombies. But <laughs> something that happens in that book gets wrapped up in this third one. Is it kind of you see some of it in the second one, very, very, very small part of the book. You probably no one would remember what it is, but in the third one, it'll become right. more evident. There's so much in the book. But yeah. <laughs> well. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've got my first issue down. Waiting for the rest. All right. But what what we'll do is when 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 we when it's all together as a book, we'll yeah. do this again. Yeah, yeah. We'll do this so, again. What you think? It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, Jeff, it's great to great to see you. Great to talk to you. Great to see your comics, and obviously can't wait to see more of them. So, thank you, man, for being on more to come um, again. <laughs> there'll be more <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope the next time we talk the world will be a more peaceful place well fingers crossed but probably not so um, you'll have to make us another comic so we can get through this thing something to read until we forget about the world but, although you can't really forget about the world when you read your comics <laughs> anyway thanks man Okay, thank you alright take care bye <laughs> <laughs> Is that where you are? Are you in Paris? Oh, no, no. I'm out on the uh, furthest western point of the European continent in France. It's called the uh, the Finisterre, which means end end of the earth. I think that's the perfect place for Jeff Darrow to end up. <laughs> that's where most people want me to end up. Yeah, so. well, there you go. <laughs>